0: This week, the Conquer Local podcast travels to Melbourne, Australia, the home of James Chufatelli, co founder and hands on director of White Arc. And James has a long standing career working with private equity companies in enterprise business. When I met him, he was the CEO of Census and running an organization of over a thousand employees. Census was the yellow page business owned by the telecommunications part, Telstra company in Australia. And then it was bought by private equity and James started to learn the private equity space even deeper. So we are very privileged to have James on the show. I was on his podcast here a couple of months back. We're going to get James on the show today to talk about how adding technology to your business's valuation is one of the things that we need to be thinking about as sales professionals and talking about that value proposition to our clients. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. James Chufatelli coming up next here on the Conquer Local Podcast. Joining us this week on the Conquer Local podcast, as promised, all the way from Melbourne, Australia, James Chufatelli. James, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me on, George. It's always a pleasure talking to you.
0: It was a real privilege to uh, speak to you a couple of months back. I, I enjoyed being on your podcast called The Chiefs you co-host that with joe hands and you've continued to release uh, other see you got me because i subscribed but uh, i see that you're releasing other episodes so congratulations on bringing that podcast to light
1: well we uh we are really pleased to a get you and i've got to tell you i think you're ra- ranked in the top three of our uh, we've had 40 plus podcasts you're in the top three so you're famous down under george
0: well i i really enjoy your country that's for sure we had some great trips down there and I appreciate getting some of your time. And, uh, you know, James, you and I met a number of years back when you were um, at the uh, Census organization, and and I'd love for you to give our listeners just a bit of your background. I I gave them a bit in the intro, but I'd love to hear it from you, a little bit of your background and, and, uh, you know, what you've been involved in over the years uh, in your career. Sure.
1: So, George, you know, I've got about 30 years experience across Predominantly sales, I'll say that, uh, you know, that's my, my sweet spot, my area of forte, but running businesses, uh, uh, taking businesses to market, uh, running product teams, you know, r- right across the gamut, across a variety of industries from manufacturing, automotive, telecommunications, retail, and education. But my real uh, passion has been, as you mentioned, I spent 20 plus years. Uh, working with small to medium-sized businesses, SMBs, I absolutely love and still to this day uh, love. uh, Spent 20 plus years working with them in the uh, census business and spent really, I've spent my entire life uh, in small business. My father and mother had their own uh, small business, Italian immigrants to Australia. So I feel like I've been immersed in that SMB space forever and I still find myself Today, uh, in my consulting or in our advisory business, really working with uh, those mid-tier small businesses who are trying to get to a private equity sale or or what have you. So I've got a you know a, a, an interesting story, but I think a lot of it revolves around small business.
0: And you had a, a connection with private equity because that was the ownership group of Census recently. Census has been acquired, um, and when, you know, with your departure from that organization, explain to us what you're doing now with the with the consulting work that you're doing because it's very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, so George, in 2014, uh, a Los Angeles-based private equity firm, Platinum Equity, bought uh, you know a 70 percent stake in. Then the telecommunications owned census business in Australia. So, uh, you know, they came in, and I had the good fortune of being on the executive leadership team. And I was actually running the yellow, the what was formerly Yellow Pages business in Australia at that point. And I worked then for six years for the private equity owner, and uh, loved every every minute of, of that period. It, we, we, you know, the industry uh, had certainly moved on from Yellow Pages being the uh, you know the champion product of the day. Uh, uh, you know, with new digital players coming in, but the p- private equity firm really brought uh, forward an opportunity for me a to 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 work under a different sort of guiding principle. They really got us to to focus on optimizing the core, simplifying the business, and really centering in around uh, the customer value. And then when I when Pro- platinum equity sold that business, I moved on, and Joe and I, as you described earlier, started the White arc uh, advisory or consulting business. And the truth is. You know, we, we try and sort of work uh, in in a transformational sense, helping a lot of small to medium sized businesses, uh, you know, work digital or transformation plans to get to a to a private equity sale. So yeah, a lot of small businesses don't don't have the, the the fortune of having lots of consultants and and what have you uh, come in and help them with efficiencies and strategies and what have you. So uh, really, White Ark was born as a result of me working in private equity and having that good good fortune for six years. And uh, B me, you know, being surrounded by small business for so long that I thought there was an opportunity to really provide a level of transformational consulting to them to help them get, you know, to their next level of growth.
0: Well, it's it's interesting, and I'd love to understand that a little bit more because the, when I hear that, I know that you know, we have an entire generation that is looking to get the equity out of their business or some sort of a transfer, you know, am I going to sell? Am I going to pass it on to my kids? Am I going to, and, and is this what we're, we're referring to where you're seeing an opportunity to work with those businesses and help them move to an eventual event?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as you and I have had many, a, a discussion about, I'm really proud. I'm a, I'm an Italian, uh, immigrant son. Um, you know, my father migrated to Australia 40 plus years ago, started his own business. And, you know, 35, 40 years on, he got to retirement. He didn't have a son who wanted to take over his business, but he had a, a business that was, you know, doing tens of millions of dollars and really had no idea how to get to a sale or how to really move that to the next generation. He he managed to figure that out. But that that problem is called That opportunity problem, however you want to define it, is common right around the world. It's certainly common in Australia. So, you know we 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 see an opportunity here especially post covid or as you sort of move to the other side of covid you've got a lot of amazing mid tier or mid market businesses that are that are you know really uh, looking for the opportunity to hand the baton to the next generation because they haven't all necessarily got uh, a transition plan or a transformation plan and that all of them have got opportunities because they're great businesses that are really uh, leveraging off the founder's still but they just need the opportunity to actually sort of work on that, uh, on that handover plan. And that's, that's, that's where we see a sweet spot. That's where we've been uh, focusing and we've been really uh, uh, proud of the support that we've uh, been given by that, that community. And the private equity markets really dialed up its interest in that mid market type business. So that's where we're trying to play.
0: Well, and there definitely is that generational issue of, we've got all these businesses that were long lived, they were built coming out of the baby boom And what, you know, what do we do? There's people sitting around kitchen tables going, you know, we have this 20, 30 year business, um, well, what's next. And without an internal plan or without a, without a plan at all, I'd see an enormous opportunity for you there. Um, what, one of the things I love about having guests like you from other jurisdictions on the show is we, we talk about the business climate. And I'd love to get your, I know you're very plugged into the the business market. I'd love to get your view of what's happening in the Australian um, small and medium business market as we we look at the new normal. If I, you know, I use air quotes for a reason because everybody's talking about that term. But w- w- what do you see in that space?
1: It's really interesting, George, because you've got two tails. You've got, you know, you've got small businesses that are thriving through the pandemic as we move out the other side to this new normal as you correctly describe it, and then you've got other businesses that have maybe haven't uh, thrived because they were in uh, you know a sector that was significantly impacted. Uh, restaurants were impacted heavily in Australia. Uh, you know, uh, travel and tourism were heavily impacted as they would have been around the world. But a lot of those businesses, what we've seen is actually a resilience to pivot uh, and and actually obviously try and create uh, new revenue opportunities or new markets. And and on the whole, I've got to tell you that. The business is buoyed. But, you know, what's interesting is they, they're all struggling with the same things that they were actually struggling pre the pandemic. Now there's the spotlight on them. So, you know, many of them, obviously, cash flow management has been something that's been a challenge. There's been some government stimulus here in Australia to helped them for a period of time, and now they've come out of that. They've all had to pivot around their sort of sales and service approach. Uh, that You know, some, as I described earlier, have... Uh, created new proprietary products for themselves. So there, there, there's been a pivot at, at that level. Um, you've had t- a technology, I won't say issues, but a, you know, technology acceleration or need for acceleration for almost all of them. So, you know, whilst, uh, you know, many large corporates and what have you were running digital transformation programs, you know, through the, through the 2000s and, you know, in, in, into, in, into the current day, a lot of small businesses have really been calling it together pretty well. So, they didn't have the, the digital foundations that they may or may not have needed. So, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of them on the fly really trying to digitise, you know, uh, and, and really establish processes or re-engineer processes for their business that, that help them uh, protect the core and grow. So it's pretty positive. I've got to be honest with you, a year on, if you would ask me a year ago, I might not have thought uh, it would have been this positive for that sector. But, the, you know, they're certainly, uh, they're certainly buoyant.
0: You know, we hear that from numerous jurisdictions that there, you know, there are these core um groups of businesses that were really impacted. And and you touched on them, hospitality, restaurants, but then we have these other businesses that that have either been able to accelerate plans that they had to digitize their business or um actually benefited from the change in spending patterns or Um, And and I'm specifically talking about home services. Did you see in the Australian market this massive uptick of renovations and upgrades to your homes and that type of thing?
1: Absolutely. It's actually been quite amazing to to observe uh, from a third-party perspective. You've got... You know, if, if you wanted to renovate your home here in Australia, you've got a year waiting list, right? Like it's it's kind of amazing. I've got two brother-in-laws who are both builders, uh, one's larger scale than the other, but both of them are taking bookings 12 to 18 months out. And uh, pre the pandemic, they were, they might have been working three months out. Um, you know, both with good businesses. So yeah, now they're, their challenge is they're, they're having to think about their supply chain because they can't get materials uh, and, and unless they sort of, you know, work their, their backward planning and what have you. So they're both upgraded technology and, and what have you, but it's, it's, it's quite amazing. And
0: on that idea of transformation, and I chuckle a little bit because um, you and I've been talking about transformation since we met and right. um, you know, you had, you had teams of people that were going into Australian businesses saying, okay, here are the things that you need to do to create a, you know, digitized customer experience. And, and then we have COVID, which, you know we've called on this broadcast a number of times a forcing function and I'm hearing from you that that acceleration is across your markets as well where it's just yeah we're all in now let's go
1: yeah no a- absolutely right it's uh you, you've got it's no longer this chasm between big business small business you've got you know small businesses now talking about data because data is important to to, to them, understanding their personas of their their customers and what have you. You've got small businesses talking about ERP systems. They may not be using that language, but they're using uh, language in terms of how can they integrate process and what have you. And, you yeah, you've got small businesses that are trying to integrate every level of their organisation with their su- supply chain. They're seeking out uh, technology partners that have got SMB experience. So, you know, that's why, you know, I mean, um, I know I'm on your podcast, George, but that's why I always loved – the Vendasta platform, what you guys were doing, because you really were champion, championing the cause of small business. And uh, today I actually think it's never been more more relevant. I'm glad you're there to support them.
0: Well, we appreciate those kind words. You know, the thing that I love is is talking to an SMB that, you know, maybe – a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, wanted to move to, to have, you know, an e-commerce website and sell things online. And then they did it because they had to do it. And then hear them say, well, this is the best thing that I ever did. Um, you know, and and we're hearing that across numerous categories where first it was, you could book your appointments online. Well, why the hell would I want to do that? People just phone me to book and then they had to do it. And now they're finding that. actually is a competitive advantage. Are you seeing that as well as that, you know, they adopt it because they had to, but now they're doubling down on that competitive advantage.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting when we, when we decided we were going to start wide arc, we were selling the census business and Joe and I were in the background. Uh, she was, she had already started the, the company and we were doing some, just some some research and, and what have you. And we had a fairly decent sample size. Joe came back and said that there was a stat around 41, 42% of small businesses, Uh, you know, in that mid-tier market that we were talking to in Australia, we're looking at doing some sort of digital transformation. And what was amazing, we did a similar type survey in December last year, and you had more than 80 businesses that were actually in that same sector, they were actually doing, uh, implementing some sort of digital technology or transformation. So it's just, it's fascinating to see how quickly it can pivot and how quickly people can embrace
0: in the uh, work that I do on a daily basis, we think about valuation a lot in the software business. And um, it's a it's a narrative that I've started taking into our channel partner training programs in the Conquer Local Academy. And, and what we're trying to do here is something that I learned a number of years ago. I like to say that I probably could sell anything to anybody once. Uh, you and I <laughs> both know that that's not actually the win. The win is being able to continue to sell and solve their problems. But- Um, having that conversation around, you're going to work every day to build a valuable company, to build something that will, you know, live longer and have something to it when you're done. Um, and we found that people love that and they love learning about that and understanding that. What I would like to know from you, James, and the work that you and Joe have been doing in helping these, these businesses that are trying to figure out what the next step is. Do you believe that there's an incremental increase in valuation if they were adopting a digital plan? If they had some sort of digital customer experience, or you mentioned ERP, or inventory assist, do you find that you can get a higher multiple for that exit if they do have that digital adoption?
1: That's a great question, and it's actually probably something that's really uh, misunderstood in the... uh in that SMB community, in particular, and I think if they sort of took a step back and and understood how important that investment in technology um, is in the context of the private equity or the buyer or, or, or the VC, wherever it is that they're looking to sell to, how important that is on as part of their playbook in looking at that business as a prospect. So you know, one of the you know one of the multiple factors that 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 equity firms look at you know when they're buying businesses is you know, the type of investments in technology, um, in in uh, overlaying that technology investment into processes, to, you know, the, the type of connection that that technology and the process actually give them in terms of access to their customers and their consumers and their understanding of the personas. And there is, you know, I mean, there, there are a whole host of uh, sort of uh, caveats that they look at, but that investment in technology is right up there at the top of the list. So, you know, really... Uh, really investing in that from a small business owner's perspective or from the entrepreneur's perspective is so critical because it actually will set them up for a multiple, which is so much greater than what they still might achieve, but uh, what, what they could achieve.
0: Well, and I, I, want to make sure that people, you know, you, you do it so much better because your accent's way better than mine, but I want, I want to make sure that people understand what we're saying here. We're, we're finding this in various markets when a business adopts a technology stack. And they may get it from a number of different providers. And then it leads to an outcome, either an efficiency outcome, a revenue growth multiple, or maybe it's an investment that a buyer won't have to make. They're like, I don't have to spend money on that. They already have that solution in place. That's where you're seeing those higher multiples or the flip side, because there's always a flip side. You might not be able to get the dollars that you expect out of your organization by not having that
1: investment. No, absolutely. So, I mean, what what we're seeing is, I mean, the buyer always you know it's, it's like any industry if i'm buying a house i'm looking for one that i can you know i i can buy it at uh, a valuation that suits me and then i might want to you know, put the paint on and do the renovation and what have you and i'll add value to it my advice would be that uh, you know if you invest as a small business owner you, you invest in the right technology stack and it doesn't need to be complex right like i mean you can you know think about what's your proprietary product in the business how How can I actually simplify serving that proprietary product by having the right right website, the the, the right platforms to talk to my ratings and reviews, the right social media connections, all locked in together? If you've got that right and you've got a closer connection through that technology to uh, to actually be able to get to your customers, you're actually going to get a greater multiple. And, you know, sometimes it can be four, five, six times greater in the multiple just by the way you've actually stacked and aligned your technology. And it doesn't need to – you know,
0: cost you heaven and earth. Well, and and those are big numbers. So five, six, seven times greater multiple for your business by adopting, you know, the digital technology stacks that are needed to make you competitive in the space. I also, James, I'm sure there's, there've been cases where you're working with clients and they didn't have that propensity to make the investment or it wasn't on their roadmap and you just weren't able to get them the number that they, they expected, like not even close.
1: Yeah, look, it's really hard, right? I mean, I, uh, I take great pride when we go into customers. We, we recently um, helped an organisation that was in Irving get to a sale, and this organisation had been in existence. A founder had, had started the business, I think, 43, 44 years ago. You know, they, they were a twenty five to $26 million a year top-line company with a 30% EBITDA margin, you know, strong recurring revenues, and I'm, you know, 100-plus employees, this was a good organisation, like really, really good organisation. The, the only challenge I had was that the founder was now eighty-three. Uh, he was looking for, for for an opportunity to sort of move, you know, move into the next phase uh, of of his life, and uh, you know, he'd built something that he had hoped he could leave for his family. His three daughters were working in the business, but uh, weren't necessarily that passionate about the business. So, you know, uh, he, he called us in and uh, to, to help them build a, a transformational plan of of sorts. Now we sold that business but the truth is all that business that great business was missing you know they had had great revenues it had uh, you know great work 5 years out it was was really the technology layer that we couldn't get in in time so you know the compromise there was you know he accepted a sale that you know that doesn't matter I mean it was still life changing for the next generation he achieved what he wanted to achieve but I can tell you that the, the the person who's going to get the multiple on that business probably in that particular instance, three times more will be the uh, organisation, the firm that bought it, uh, and when they flip it in three or four years, they will have just invested in a very clear technology roadmap, which we're helping them with right now. They're simplifying uh, the business, just uh, working on some you know sales and service uh, approaches to, to the industry and taking that business national because it was just based in Victoria. But it's just—it's not complex, but it's something that that you know. I, I think this particular uh, business would have thought about earlier had it been available for them to think about earlier.
0: It sounds like you're, you're having a lot of fun working on these projects because you, you get to touch all parts of the business.
1: Look, I love it. You know, you, you get to work as you describe, George, across the entire value stream. But you know, the, the thing like you, the thing you know, I, I consider myself—I I, I love selling. When, when when the sale that you make actually adds great value to the people that you serve right and the thing I love about working with a small business you know that they, they haven't had the good fortune of say you and I've we've, we've spent careers in in organizations that we've been able to get the advice and the support of some of the big ticket consulting firms these guys haven't had that consultant support so you know uh, you know where when I was in enterprise you know when I was in at, at Telstra, we could fund and engage a consulting firm on a dime, you know, do a transformational project and spend tens of millions of dollars and not even blink an eyelid, right? Small businesses don't get that opportunity to produce a a roadmap and to drive transformation. So going into that situation and being able to see the impact it can have uh, by driving that roadmap for them, by building a a really simple uh, plan that's you know, pivot on a couple of things by helping them simplify. It's really, really rewarding, right? Like you, you guys get great reward out of seeing businesses succeed. You know, I'm, I'm now taking a different vantage point on that, but we we too are getting the same sort of satisfaction.
0: I appreciate that. I, I really want to ask this question because, you know, you were a part of the Telstra and, and Census organization for a long time. You led global teams of over a thousand people um, and, and I'm sure there were a lot of lessons there. I won't ask you to tell us about all of them, but I, I'd love to understand what's one of the top two things that you learned over those years, James, that, you know, you might share with a young entrepreneur or share with somebody that, that is in business that, that you think would be really valuable for them.
1: Yeah, look, uh, it's a, it's a great question. It's a, I started in the Telstra business as a, as a product designer because uh, vocationally I, was, I did industrial design at university. So I always wanted to be the next Leonardo da Vinci. And I remember uh, in my first couple of weeks uh, in the job at Telstra, someone came and said to me, oh, you know, uh, we're going to start an internet division because it wasn't even digital then, George. It was an internet uh, division. And I remember going, wow, the internet, what's this thing? All I knew was that I was coming in to help them uh, with their Yellow Pages product design, right? Like you know, ad sizes and, and things like that. And I remember in my in my early days, you know, the the, the whole movement. We had a, a CEO who joined a business for Telstra who said, "Ah, oh, Google schmoogle, you know, uh, yeah, don't worry about this, don't worry about this internet thing." And I remember early on in my career, um, you know, uh, I was quite passionate about the the work we were doing within the products that we had. We had a really profitable uh, business. It was late nineties. Um, thinking, yeah, look, it might come one day, but I, you know, I, I bought into this whole, whole domain around. No one's ever going to go and look for a car online, or no one's ever going to go and look for a home online. You'll always, you'll always need to, to to be physical, and you know, products like ours will always exist. So, my first lesson is, you know, I've got my kids today talking to me about Bitcoin and and what have you, so I'm scrambling to get as much uh, information and what have you. So, my first lesson to to people coming up is, uh, you know. Different equals different, but always be open to learning, right? So, you know, I wish I would have embraced in those early days uh, the the real reality of this uh, digital world that we live in, because we might have made some choices back then that might have been different for for that organisation anyway. In in the long term, the second learning I would give, and my you know, uh, as I sort of moved deeper into my career and led teams of you know thousands, um, you know, I was really humbled, if you like. So the first learning was that we probably didn't pivot the way that we could have to digital. And then, sort of twenty years on, when I was leading these teams, you know, here we were with massive scale in market. We had, you know, but I felt like a little bit like the leader of the Roman Empire, and the empire was no longer. But what what my learning there was, it's amazing the power of people. So even though our products were no longer sort of getting us the deals that that we needed and wanted, because you know the digital wave had truly come and you know we're a, we're on a different point of that way. It's amazing the people serving those small businesses, the power they had to help educate them and and focus on them. So you know really staying closely connected with people, you can still make a difference. If you haven't got the you know uh, the best tools and what have you, you still got to believe that you can make a difference and add value. So that were probably the two two key learnings for two different reasons.
0: Well, and having met a number of people on your teams over the years, they definitely, you know, had a leadership that was talking about customer first, focus on the client. You know, I found that across the entire organization. So congratulations on having that as as some of the core guiding principles for, for the teams that you were leading. I appreciate you making some time, James, as always. i sometimes prefer when you and I are sitting in London and we're going to go to a nice restaurant afterwards, but we can virtually, maybe we can virtually do a delivery and and do it on a FaceTime or something like that. But uh, one day we will get to uh, break bread face-to-face again. But in the meantime, we appreciate having you here through the power of technology. It sounds like you're quite busy because I heard a lot of emails and notifications coming in. So we're going to let you go so that you can do what you do. But thanks for joining us on the show. It's been long overdue, and we appreciate you bringing those learnings to our listeners here on the Conquer Local podcast.
1: George, it's been my absolute pleasure. And you give uh, my sincerest regards to, to that Great crew that you've got over there. Uh, You're doing a great job and really appreciate the support you're, you're giving to small business as well. So thank you.
0: Well, thanks to James for joining us. And what I was trying to get for you when you're calling on a client and you're talking to him about why they need to adopt technology is you heard him say that six to seven times greater valuation from organizations that have buttoned up their tech stack. So when you're in talking to a client and they're trying to understand why they need to do email marketing, or they're trying to understand why they need a dashboard to show how their marketing is performing, those are components of their tech stack And when they eventually go to some sort of an exit or they're trying to sell the business or they're trying to get the value that they have in their company, what we're finding is companies that have a tech stack and are utilizing technology get a much higher valuation. And we have an entire generation that's trying to figure out what their next steps are going to be with their business. And that is the baby boomer generation. They're looking for some sort of an exit. Do they pass the business on to their families? Do they sell it to their neighbor? Do they sell it to their competitor? Then what are we going to get for our lifetime of work and sweat and tears with this business? So it's something that we can be thinking about. And I kind of started to notice it about three years ago when we were talking to customers, they really understand that having this technology in place, knowing that it delivers an ROI it's going to lead to a higher valuation for their businesses, which is something that you know, there's an entire group of people that are figuring out what their next steps are going to be. Maybe not tomorrow, but maybe in the coming years. And you're hearing from James in the work that he's doing with firms that are looking to acquire businesses or grow their footprint. They are in there having these conversations and companies that are digitally enabled and have that tech stack figured out are getting between six to eight times higher multiples when they move to that exit. So some really valuable components when you're delivering those value propositions to your clients, that part of what we're giving you here is that tech stack that people are looking for and it's going to help you have a higher valuation to your organization. Thanks to James for joining us on the show this week, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. And uh, we appreciate having his insights in this space. My name is George Leith. Thanks for joining me this week on the Conquer Local Podcast. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Jacob Soley. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers Brendan King, George Leith and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.